0: Hey everyone, let me just start this off by saying thank you so much for coming here and checking out this video or listening on this podcast. I just want to say appreciate it so much, so, so, so much today. Uh, We got Steve Hawk in in the uh, DHBE studios today, otherwise known as, uh, let's see, Uh, my my dining room (laughs) uh uh, it's such an important episode for me and a milestone for me because uh, last year this time we we did something together as well we try i tried to live stream and still being so fresh into this the new the the Streaming scene, uh, it, it didn't go the way I expected, and I don't think it—I don't think it represented Steve uh, as well as it should have. So I kind of had this little mark on myself and uh, a desire to make something better than last year. So, as we alluded later in, the, in this episode that we're going to make this a yearly thing, I hope that uh, you guys love it. I loved having Steve over. Unfortunately. I only had so much of his, of his time. We met on a weekday. Uh, we'll definitely have him back. We had such a great time. Uh, so if you're just joining us, this and content like this is all that you could expect from Don't Hold Back Entertainment. Thank you so much for viewing, rating, subscribing, doing all the right things. Appreciate you so much. Here is my interview with Steve Hawk. I should mention this isn't your typical podcast interview. I gave Steve a half-eaten Easter egg cookie design set. Do it yourself, create your own cookie, and I thought he was gonna laugh. Me, (laughs) I thought he was just gonna turn around and get in his car and go. But he got really excited,
1: and uh, let's watch him make an egg. It might seem like an old story to some people, but uh, thank you. Safety. Oh. <laughs> Safety. I, feel like I'm in, I feel like I'm in Sunday school. That's the point. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel like you're in Sunday school? Because I feel it. Like. <laughs> and uh, so my brother went away to college, and oh, this is already lousy. <laughs> yeah, I was an art major, too. You- <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, my brother went away to college. And it's safe to say, without trying to sound insulting, that he, he didn't really, he wasn't crazy about his life around here. Uh, he wasn't uh, the most popular guy. And so he picked up the guitar, went away to Ohio for college, and um, loved it. Met new people, played guitar. Met, you know, he played it. Okay. He played in high school, but around that time, we're talking uh, 1992. So, right. what's going on at that time with music? Fucking alternative movement, yeah, the grunge, yeah, yeah. and in our area, They're Pittsburgh. Right to yeah, the yeah. In our area in Pittsburgh, we had uh, the Revolution, which was Revolution? yeah, it was pre. It, it predated the X.
0: Oh, okay. okay. The
1: same station. But it was better than the X because the X is owned by, you know, about 15 years ago, Clear Channel. Now I think it's iHeartRadio. Really? That's how these bands get on the radio. You have to submit to, uh, you have to submit to, uh, it was Clear Channel at one time. And then my band Forgotten Nobody, we did that. We were on Clear Channel's uh, webpage for a while to get our plays up so that maybe we could get on... National radio, you know yeah. what I mean, instead of just like the that's local stuff. I never knew that that, that's how uh, at least it was then. I mean, I don't know what it is now, but I believe iHeartRadio bought out Clear Channel. That would
0: make sense because they always have like iHeartRadio concerts
1: and iHeart—it's all iHeartRadio. Yeah. Um, so, nonetheless, my brother came back, and I—I I was in the music, but my my mom took me around to like church choirs and things like that. <laughs> This
0: is such always a specific and crazy question. You get so much out of a person when you ask this question and their relationship, the music. I just love this question. You're always going to get something good.
1: Yes, uh, my, my grandfather, uh, when I was a real little kid, he uh, we'd go on trips, or I'd just go with him to pick up milk or you know cookies for... The women that were like <laughs> coloring Easter eggs and yeah. things like yeah. that, and I mean, I remember that in particular. We would sing, and you know, he'd sing me like, you know, I've been working on the railroad. Just simple, you know, the the child songs. And whenever I was real little, they'd uh, they taught me uh, "You Are My Sunshine." And whenever the fire whistles would go off, it would be horrifying to me, kind of like kind of like I was a dog, and uh, I would go somewhere and sing that song. And but my 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 grandfather taught me how to sing harmonies because he was in church choir he was in um, a gospel quartet that he formed yeah I still have his records and I listen to them on a regular basis and um, you said this has to be a badass history right and, uh, I'm already failing this podcast what's that Okay, it's not. It's not. <laughs> but uh, so back to the original question. Uh, my brother was home from college, and I just just was out of curiosity. How do you make a note on the guitar? And he always told me, you know, he always let it. He always left it sitting around, uh, but he always told me, "Don't touch it." Uh, and I, well, know that. <laughs> I know that. And what's the little brother supposed to do? You know, I can touch it. <laughs> touched it, man. I touched it so hard. And uh, but like I'll never forget sitting there on the couch in my living room as a kid, and he had it leaned up against the couch, and I, I just reached over and just in my own head, I was like the science of it. I was a pretty smart kid growing up. I was like. Well, at first I was like, well, you got to push where these lines are, these metal lines are. I think that's what you got to do. But then I was like, wait a second, if I pinch that, then I'm not going to really get any sound out of yeah. it. So I, I pinched in between. I was like, oh my God, that's what you do. You, you, you know, obviously I was, uh you know, pinching the fret. Yeah. And I got my first sound out of the guitar. And, and ever since then, I was in love. My brother eventually realized, wait a second, I'm not going to be able to get my little brother to not touch my guitar so he taught me some songs and oh, one, of, one of the first songs that he ever taught me was that uh, hey by four nine four non blondes and guitar, I said what's hey what's up what's up yeah yeah and I say hey uh, yeah. that was the first song I ever learned how to play guitar uh, so I played it all summer yeah and I played it for all of my friends and uh, all the neighborhood kids that heard it came up to play, I was... And it was one of those deals where I would run out onto the front porch because yeah. I thought I was cool and I thought they were coming. And, you know? And I'd be like, wow. okay, yeah, I'm going to go and I'm going to impress my friends. And they didn't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> they were 14-year-old kids. Yeah. They just wanted to run and play. And I was sitting here trying to learn how to play guitar because I thought I was cool. And uh, I was... But uh, I, that's the only song I knew how to play. And for the longest time, I just kind of put it down. I just kind of did my thing. And then when I was about two years later for Christmas, well, my, my oh, my God, this sucks already. Um, This is ridiculous, Sam. I can't.
0: I wanted to think of
1: something that no, that's this is, that I know. I'm, you wouldn't I'm, have I'm, I'm missing. I'm, I'm mixing. Oh, you're up the you're making a beautiful egg, my man. Um, it's a beautiful egg. I'm going above and beyond my my original duties here, uh, but I, I can't remember. Like 14 year old to when I got my first guitar. I believe I was given my grandfather's guitar, which was I don't I don't even know if it was a brand name. But it was a really bad guitar by this point, because, I mean, he was born in the 20s, so he, he probably let's, barely played it.
0: work on it.
1: Yeah. And uh, I held on to that, but I kept trying to play, and I kept wanting to play, and so <clears throat> my mom finally got me my first acoustic. It was a Fender acoustic, and that's, that's the one that, uh, if you watch some of my old videos on... Uh, the 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 fan page, Rock Out With Your Hawk Out, I've actually been pu- putting some of those out recently because they're becoming... It's just that time of the year where they're showing up on my page as memories. Right, right, right. Because when my band broke up back in 2008, I didn't realize the band broke up. And it was one of those things where it, it was one... It, it, it happened naturally, and so I didn't really see it coming. Yeah. It wasn't like we had a fight. It wasn't like... You know, we hated each other. We just kind of went different ways and. Went different directions! Musically. Yeah, that's and
0: usually how it goes. It's just things. You grow apart. Well, yeah, that's what
1: breakups are, no matter if yeah. it's your girlfriend, your friends, your band. Everyone has different perspectives, different right.
0: directions, and that, where they that was go. a
1: major issue, honestly. But nonetheless, I got my first guitar. It was a Fender acoustic, and my mom. Uh, gave me, she was a church organist at the time, and she knew this guy in Greensburg here, and his name was Frank Podolinsky. And at the time, I was probably 15, 16 years old, and he was probably 26. Uh, He was a, he was a, he was a church guy, but he was young and still really cool, you know, not to say that, you know what I mean, I'm not saying that.
0: it It doesn't feel nerdy,
1: yeah, uh, he wasn't a rock and roll guy, but he knew his stuff and he taught me a lot. He taught me scales and how to find scales on guitar and more. most importantly, how to figure them out uh, based off of the key and the pattern. Uh,
0: for those of you who haven't catched on, catched on, caught on, caught on by now, I am cooking.
1: You spent like four hours cooking up this big fancy meal.
0: You heard chopping in the beginning And then some slamming of drawers I didn't think that would catch But it totally caught And you hear almost everything So, uh, I am cooking uh, My famous turkey chili You gotta love it Uh, Anyway, here's uh, Another uh, More questions about the songs And how Steve writes Uh,
1: Just for fun I would sit down and I would find four or five chords that I didn't know how to play and I'd fit them together the way I could. And that was actually the beginning of my uh, true songwriting. I wrote my first song when I was 18 uh, based off of a girl I like, you know. I was retarded. And, <laughs> and
0: I was retarded.
1: I was. I mean, she was definitely not the right girl for me, but I was young and I didn't know any better. and And I wrote this song thinking that, you know, She'd dig it, and I, you know. Is I, it one you still play? Um, I can. It just, it just doesn't fit the rest of my repertoire very well. Or I, I just meant in general. Is it a song that you're still feeling not on stage attached to? You that you no, so I honestly haven't played it in probably ten years. I could pull it out again, and honestly, sometimes I do. Uh, I have a following now that would appreciate it more so than maybe like five, six years ago. Right. Because I play a lot of different styles of my own personal music on stage. I don't just play my punk songs. I'll pull out like a slow song from time to time. And, and even on my album, like songs like As I Get Older are uh, songs that are typically not your punk. Yeah. You know, Or your rock and roll. They're, they're just a slower version. Uh, Midnight Misery is that way too. Just a slower song. Um, but that's, that's a favorite of mine and that's a favorite of a lot of people. But getting back, it was called Almost Love.
0: Almost Love. And
1: I must have named it that because I probably knew better. I probably knew, even though like, I have these feelings, I'm, I'm still really young, and I don't know if this is going to work out or not, you know? And so, Almost love. I took it to school, to college. I went to Mount Union College, and I didn't know anybody. And I, my first day was just absolutely dreadful because I... Had a lot of friends around here, and I wasn't at the stage in my life where I really felt felt like making new friends. Right. But I was three hours from home, didn't know anybody, and so I just stuck to my guitar, and just that's whenever the songwriting really took off. I just wrote song after song, and I have literal binders of music in my in my attic and in my room and just all over the place from... And a lot of these I don't use anymore, Uh, but I picked up some good songs. And when I did have the band, uh, they taught me what songs people would really like. And I just kind of attached to a lot of those. And songs like Glutton for Punishment. Oh, yeah, I love that song. That was written in a time where I was a huge social distortion fan. And also at a time where I, you know, was just trying to figure out my love life. And, you know, I was too young to figure those things out. Oh, my God, this is awful. <laughs> and, uh, <clears throat> and but I learned a lot about songwriting because I knew what I liked. I wasn't any part of a movement. I didn't even have a band yet. Occasionally, people would come by and listen to music while I was playing I hardly even had any friends or a social group.
0: I don't have any friends. It was at that moment that Steve broke out into a horrible sob of tears. And he wished that I do not depict that moment in this podcast. So here I skipped that part of the podcast. Uh, Here we start talking about other things. uh, uh, About during and up to his time important time where he decided that he wanted to play guitar as a solo musician and or in a band. So check
1: it out. So this prank war was going on and his roommate Dean, uh, I have no respect for him. I'll be honest. I can honestly say that today. Um, and I mean, he's not going to listen to this anyway. I doubt it. I hope so. (laughs) I hope so. But, uh, Uh, he kind of started to, you know, how you form cliques with people with personalities, and and even though we were like 18, 19 years old, we were still in that stage where that was still happening. Yeah. And that still
0: happens with the grown-ass adults.
1: Yeah. It certainly does. And it's disgusting, but it is what it is, and, you know, people get attached to who they like. There's nothing wrong with friendships and things like that. But anyway, um... These dudes were starting to form a really good bond. Ben and I were really close, but Dean just kind of was, you know, influencing him. And and personality-wise, at least I saw it. Nonetheless, there was this prank that they pulled, which was really funny. Uh, Like I said, Ben was dating a girl named Sarah before we got to campus. And he... Dean called me up, and he was like, hey, dude, Ben's gone. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, Ben got really drunk and wandered off somewhere, and I don't know where he is. And I said, you want me to go look for him? He's like, yeah, I'm kind of drunk myself. I really don't know. So I went down to the girls' dorm where I knew Sarah was. I walked the whole way across campus. I think it was cold. I can't remember. And uh, I... I went to Sarah's dorm and I called her. You know, you had these call boxes. And she, it was late, but I called her. I was like, hey, is Ben up there? And she's like, Steve, I haven't talked to Ben in a couple of days. I was like, all right. Yeah. So I walked back. That was my only lead. I, I probably walked all over campus because I didn't want Ben to get into any trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, went up, and Dean was sitting in the chair where he was before, that he had this brown easy boy, or lazy boy, and uh, he was just like, I, I said, hey, Ben's not, you know, I don't know where Ben is, he's like, really, yeah. and he got up out of his chair, and he looked under his bed, he's like, is he in here, and I was like, what, he looked behind the TV, he's like, is he back here, and I was like, what, And then finally opened the closet, and Ben was there the whole time. They sent me out on this whole goose chase, and Ben was in the closet. Like, it was funny. So, but, and it was, oh, shit. Oh, there goes my plan. (laughs) (laughs) So, so I decided I'm going to pull a prank back. Oh, no. I'm going to pull a prank back. Oh, they're little stars. What, the, the, sprinkles? the the sprinkles are stars. That's fascinating.
0: This moment is brought to you by ADHD.
1: It's like a little snowflake. That on. is
0: quite the quite the egg you got going on there.
1: And uh, so I came up with this plan.
0: Okay. Where is this is the point which it goes too far. Yes. Okay. <laughs>
1: but. It really wasn't. I just was driving them nuts because my prank was that good.
0: Yeah. What
1: I would do is I would, I would take something from their room when I went over to visit and BS with them. Like, uh, for instance, uh, Dean had an Obi-Wan Kenobi statuette on his TV and I took the little green lightsaber and I put it into my top, top drawer. And then when I'd notice, or when I'd hear them talking about it, like, I wonder where that lightsaber was. I'd, wait till they were out of their room and i'd come back and put the lightsaber back and take something else nice. and i i did this for weeks i mean as soon as they would mentioned that they'd, they'd make a mention of it being gone i'd put it right back <laughs> so then they'd be like what the hell i just saw that it was missing did you put that back what's going on they started to like argue with each other uh dean had a, a shot glass collection from all over the place and at this time we were sophomores and a And the college was starting to expand, and it was allowing people that were, how do I say this, unsavory. We, well, so anyway, I took this shot glass of Dean's, and it was some German shot glass that he had gotten, probably from Germany. I took the nicest one. And so I'm sitting there studying one night, and I just hear him losing his shit next door. He was a very angry person and a very angry drunk. And, uh... Mark, yeah, I hear him throwing chairs and. Oh, yeah, it was pretty wild. So I walk in, I'm like, they, they, always, they always called upon me to diffuse situations because I always had a cool head. But uh, I walked in, I was like, Dean, what's going on, man? And he's like, dude, someone took my shot glass. It has to be one of these stupid freshmen, you know, explicit, explicit. And uh, And I realized that Dean was so drunk that he was probably going to go pound someone's door and there was going to be this huge scene. And so I finally divulged it. I say, listen, you know, I was the one that took Obi-Wan's lightsaber. I was the one that took one of Ben's flip flops. I took this, I took that and your shot glass. And Dean was like, seriously, you have it. I was like, I will bring it right back. This, you know, I didn't mean for this to go this far. And, uh, he, uh, you know, he's cool. He's like, let's go get some beer.
0: now. Hey, everyone. If you want to hear this story, you got to go to the DHBE Patreon website. Check it out. Become a basic tier member. Show your support to the show. And see these deleted scenes and extra exclusive songs and interviews on DHBE Patreon.
1: I think uh, I was a junior or senior in college when I wrote that. What finally. are you
0: planning on playing tonight?
1: Well, you wanted to hear "Heart Sick" in the basement.
0: Absolutely. You so, wanted to
1: hear "Loner,"
0: and I thought, about, I thought
1: about I thought about playing my newest one that I wrote, wrote called "I Never." I <clears throat> uh, Never. One of the one of the major things that happened in my life that influenced my, my me jump starting my music career again ten twelve years ago now was my. Uh, childhood friend, Eli, uh, passed away from cancer. And I was there for pretty much the whole thing. Now, if you go to my shows, you'll see his widow Dawn and he, she's now dating my friend, Andy. So it's kind of like they, they come out to shows together, but like Andy knew Eli and, and it was just one of those things that naturally happened. And I accepted it because, uh, they're awesome people. They deserve each other. I, I lived with it myself, and I ended up writing a song, which is now featured on WRGG down in Greencastle, Pennsylvania, 93.7 three seven FM. Ooh, yeah,
0: how
1: are you? Uh, there, there's a cat staring. Yeah, okay, a cat hey, cat hey, I just down see down a away. cat head. I think like meow. What are you doing? But, uh, <laughs> and he's now eating something on your table. Yeah, I hope yes, you know yes, this. Okay. What
0: cats
1: do. All right. But nonetheless, uh, I went down this past July or June <laughs> and played it live on their radio station.
0: That's cool yeah you've definitely been busy yeah uh, no doubt about that I'm happy to see you get such excellent participation from the people in your Facebook group yeah. uh, they're very responsive and very loyal to you so that's so cool yeah um, and I, I just, just love music and they
1: love the the fact that there's someone out there that they know doing it and yeah and I try to be as I try to immerse them in, in a lot of my merch decisions. Whenever I'm about to come up with a new plan, I throw it out there and say, what do you guys want? You know, I'm probably try. I try to give options. Like, uh, for instance, I was throwing out a black and gold idea for my logo t-shirts. And... uh, Now, do you have a Shopify or is it all... I don't do Shopify. I go through uh, Jake Hirsch, actually, uh, from FUBAR. Oh, okay. Uh, He's been my merch guy for a very long time, for two, three years now. And uh, him... Him being sick has kind of put a little damper on that, but you know. I was you know. going to say, is that the same yeah. Hirsch? Yeah, that's Jake, who, who's been fighting his own bout with cancer. So every once in a while, whenever that came out and I found out he was going to have to go through chemo and things, I would text him every day for a while. I was just like, hey, dude, you all right? Yeah. Still checking on you. It might be annoying, but yeah. here I am. I just want you to know I'm thinking of you. And today's his birthday, actually. Uh,
0: happy, so birthday, happy birthday, Jake, Jake Hirsch.
1: Yep, that's right. I don't know how old you are but uh you can get back to me whenever this airs (laughs) nonetheless eli died and i wrote this song the curse of the man who knows and i played it out and but it was a very tragic and sad song it was all, all about everything that happened in 2009 2010 breakup that i had and a person not caring anymore and eli going through this well
0: hey everyone i just want to take this moment to tell you the ways to show your support For Steve Hawk First, you gotta go and follow him on Spotify Easiest way to show him support He's able to gain some some revenue from your plays Show him easy free support on your way to work On your way home from work When you're cutting the grass Whatever it may be You can join the Rock Out With Your Hawk Out Facebook group That's Rock Out like (laughs) Rock Out With Your Hawk Out facebook group and most importantly like and sharing this video like to share the idea with you You got a minute or liking sharing this podcast those are the best ways to help uh expand and get steve hawk noticed thank you guys so much for listening and watching
1: i appreciate you so much when the pandemic hit and i was sitting here um, a lot of artists were writing pandemic songs covid related songs yes. Things like that. yes yes well, I had time to think. I was doing a weekly live stream Sunday nights, and uh, but I had a lot of t- time to think like everybody else did. I decided to take a new spin on all of that guilt and sh- and, and those ill feelings and flip the script and write an uplifting song. Yeah, about and Malone I think and that's stuff. what definitely people need that. <clears throat> so I called it I Never because it was one of those ideas where I was in this place and but I realized that I'm still alive and I never want to go back to that place again yet.
0: so what? That, that, that's, got, that's got your backstory covered and I'm sure, shame on me for not watching any of those those uh,
1: movies or uh, interviews you're where not, you do you're, you're not the only the one first, yeah. <laughs> you know I
0: mean? I could, if I had a dollar for every time I heard someone say oh I haven't watched anything on your podcast yeah. but I mean to yeah, I would be a rich man yeah right uh, so I just want to commend you for how much traction you've gotten over the past couple of years that's I think. because I don't
1: quit yeah, yours is just, your your project is just kind of getting off the ground. Yeah, like, it's, it's quit, been
0: a, it's been a year. Yeah. We did our failed live stream this April or March twelfth of last year, man. so it has been a full year. Yeah. And I definitely want to try to redeem myself with right. this.
1: We'll get it together. And I mean, like I said, it takes time to get traction in this in this business. And Absolutely. I mean, you and I have played a couple shows together, and I don't even think you're playing in a band anymore. No, anymore. unfortunately not. I'm trying to hint to him.
0: <laughs> hint, hint.
1: To, to me? No. Here's my Easter egg.
0: Yeah, yeah. Let's see it. Oh, that
1: is—it's <laughs> beautiful, Steve. Oh uh, yes, we just needed to dust it off. Yeah, a yeah. Bit. Just dust it off.
0: <laughs> Perfect. All right, right, well, I'm I'm—I'm ready for music. You, are you ready to play?
1: I'm ready to play some Let's please.
0: hit it. Let's get down to the studio, make the magic happen. All right, if we're all tired of hearing you talk. I'm going to hear your pretty voice. Uh-oh. <laughs>